Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. I'm Caleb, and I'm here with my good buddy, Mark. This is brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org, and we hope that you will check out ProgressiveChristianity.org, all the wonderful resources that you'll follow them on social media, and you'll follow us, the Moonshine Jesus Show, on social media as well. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well, sir. Glad to be here always. Every week, I look forward to our show, man. I look forward to hanging out with you, having fun discussions. So, uh, yeah, let's get this thing rolling, man. All right. Hey, but before we do, we've got to let you all know that this is a show that is filled with spoilers. But (laughs) here's the good news today. We're talking Mm. about I Am Not Okay With This. And you've had two years to watch right. this show I mean, is it so, really a spoiler after two years like if you haven't watched so. it it's not yeah i'm with you I'm that's with you. Uh, that's on you all not on us right, right? <laughs> so we're us. gonna talk yeah. freely but right. to really speak as freely as we want to we need to get yes. some alcohol on us so what absolutely are you today mark all right caleb i'm changing the script a little bit here okay. i i am going to make you guess why i'm drinking what i'm drinking uh, <laughs> okay all right okay it's all right. show based this is a, this is so making you look fir- stupid right up front. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Not really. All right. So <laughs> the first one is I, I'm drinking out of a flask. Why am I drinking out okay. of a flask? Uh, because Sid's dad had a flask, and and then she she takes it with her yep. to the party, and they drink out to of the it. party. Yeah. And yeah. what's in my flask, which is a really weird thing to have in a flask, is Pinot Grigio. Why okay. would I be drinking Pinot Grigio? That's a, a uh, little harder pull right there. Because he says you want you want some Pinot Grigio. Uh, you you want uh, was no, it uh, Brad? Was it white? No, it's Brad. Brad, Brad, the, Brad. the football star, right? The, yeah. And he they're at the party that she brought the flask to, and yeah. he makes a toast to the birthday boy Zachary Williams, uh-huh. and says. And describes the night that Zachary was a uh, 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 That's conceived. right. That, yes. And he yes. was like, that his mom and dad, after a bottle of Pinot Grigio, uh, conceived him. I, and he was like, that's not my parents' name, and they didn't drink that. But yeah, so that's I, why I'm drinking this. I thought it would be fun. Uh, how about you, man? What are you doing? I I, I remember the Pinot Grigio, because that is just the douchiest way to say the that. De- <laughs> <laughs> so, Grigio. What a high school person would do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's so I'm doing one. I hate I hate white wine, and I don't. I never drink from a flask. But I'm doing it in honor of the show. How about you, man? White you wine doing? in a in a flask. A, okay, classy, classy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm nothing but if I'm if if I'm nothing, I'm classy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm uh, I'm drinking. Uh, a, a blood red here we go cherry martini a cherry teeny because at the the opening and closing oh, yes. of the show she is covered in blood sid is co- covered in mm-hmm. uh in blood so this is you know a little bit of vodka some cherry brandy some cherry juice and some Love lemon it. juice cherry brandy i like it cheers cheers sir cheers oh mm. Mm. <laughs> no, no. you're not a convert not no, Not I mean, I'm going to drink flask. it just, just, just for the sake of the show. And, and yeah, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Hey, why don't you uh, chug some more of that down, Mark, while we uh, listen <laughs> to the drop here. Jesus.
Hello and welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Uh, as Caleb has already told you, this week we're talking about uh, the Netflix coverage of a, uh, a a graphic novel called I Am Not Okay With This. It's been out for a few years. For those of you who might not be familiar with it, which I suspect is actually most folks out there, this is a, it's a story that follows Sydney, who is a... Mm, somewhat typical teenage girl navigating the trials and tribulations of of high school and, and dealing with the complexity of her family her friends and her well frankly budding sexuality now i said somewhat because she's also dealing well with her mysterious superpowers that are just beginning to awaken deep within her it all makes for a very interesting dive into what it is to be a teenager in our world and what their expectations what expectations are thrust on you and how you deal with them uh caleb uh it was interesting because when we talked about this last week you were like oh it sounds interesting i've not done this before but in our pre-show discussion you were like oh turns out i've actually seen this and then you rewatched it. So, uh, what was what's your initial take, man? What, what were your thoughts on on the show, on the characters, and on the storyline? Yeah. So, I, yeah. So this was it came out in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. And last week I was like, how could this have escaped me? And I not <laughs> I not watched right. it in the middle of the pandemic. I watched everything, and, uh, and it escaped me completely. It, it turns out you it didn't. It's, it's it didn't. I really right? did watch everything. I watched yeah, so right. many things that between Tiger <laughs> all the King things. and all of this stuff, you, you know, that it just went into all of the ether out there. And so I started right. watching it and I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen this and I really liked it. I remember yeah. this. Uh, but I, I, you know, I was in that sweet spot where even mm. though I, I remembered watching it, I couldn't remember what happened. And so oh, okay, it was the not. best time to go to go back yeah. and rewatch it because you I remembered you liked it. it again. You remembered right. you liked it. You remember the characters were interesting, but mm -hmm. you didn't remember the storyline completely, which is fair because it's kind of a loose storyline. There's not a, mm -hmm. it's so engaging, but it's not a strong storyline. Ultimately, like the under, currents like what they're trying to talk about are very important but they do yeah. it in such a um honest and real way it doesn't feel like you're being preached to that's right i mean i think that was some of the criticism that it got was this yeah. the storyline in general but i liked it i i felt yeah. like it was authentic to what it is like to be a high schooler trying to navigate this mm -hmm. stuff and you got to kind of live with them a little bit and uh, yeah. I, I i did like that uh, but one thing i remembered as i was going through i'm like you know what i don't think this really resolves and i thought uh, mm. is there is there a second season right. that i missed did i did yeah. i miss a second season in there because i remembered yeah. saying oh, i can't wait till the second <sighs> season and oh there's not one. Yeah, unfortunately, it really it really ends in a place that deserves a second season, which I think is, will be great for our discussion. But uh, it's one of the the casualties of COVID where they ultimately decided not to renew it. So let's just dive yeah. into the show and some of the themes that it's dealing with. Uh, I want to start with uh, a quote from, and this is going to be a little unusual. I would like for the segment, I'd like to throw some quotes out to you and get your response yep. in terms of the overall show. Cause there's so many insightful quotes that would be easy to just sure. think of as just plain lines that are so actually uh, deep in terms of 
who we are as people, particularly as teens trying to grow up in, in a world that has thrown so many expectations on you. So what, early on, uh, almost at the very beginning, honestly, of the first episode, our, our, uh, our, our main character, Sydney, says, I'm a boring 17-year-old white girl. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I'm not special, is what I'm trying to say. And then she says, and I'm okay with that. So my question is, is she okay with not being special? And, and even going further, are most teenagers okay with not being special? Is, not, is that not actually something that we all are ultimately trying to understand is how we are special? Not just teenagers, but adults. I feel like they just throw that right at the beginning. It's such an almost toss-away line, the way she says it. It's like kind of blasé. But I feel like it might be one of the big questions of the whole the whole series, right? I like that. Yeah. And that line stood out. I mean, whenever you get a high schooler saying, well, I don't, I'm not special at the beginning that, yeah, yeah, I I mean, every, everyone wants to be special. Although I think in her case, she's trying to also, uh, you know, blend in. I think she's insecure. There's a lot of emotional stuff going on, a lot of uh, PTSD kind of going on there's a lot of oh absolutely i'm absolutely. sure we'll talk about more but uh but she's got all of this i think she feels like she wants to be in the background for for that reason uh, especially with the, the the budding sexuality things that you were mentioning sure. earlier she's coming to terms with her own sexuality um and uh being uh, attracted to girls and so uh, i i think that she probably is wanting to not be special in some ways to not stand mm. out because you know, people can be cruel, and especially at that yeah. stage in life, yeah. if you're setting yourself up as different, uh, then I think one of the reasons mm-hmm. maybe she is, says that to herself is, or to her diary is that she's right. hoping not to get made fun of. Uh, that she's yeah, I think that's okay fair. With that, for that reason. Yeah. And it's interesting in the show, they do kind of set up like this uh, disparity between the people who don't want to be uh, special Mm-hmm. who actually in some ways really want to be special. And then the people who have already made themselves special. And in many ways, they aren't actually all that special. They're just all bravado. They're all about like um, uh, being society's understanding of what good looking is or coming from mm-hmm. a rich family. And there's, mm-hmm. so there's a nice, really kind of interesting dichotomy that's set up that, that in a lot of ways, the folks that are seen as special aren't so special uh, and, and even are abusive. And the people who, uh, want to be seen as not special or is trying to reposition themselves as not special, maybe special in a lot of ways. And and they kind of like give you this underscore bold emphasis italics with Sydney in that in the first episode, we start recognizing Sydney might have some special abilities that, mm-hmm. that are interesting. And, and I, I, I'm, I really, at first, I wasn't sure what to make of these special abilities and what they were Mm -hmm. trying to do with them. But, you know, she says, there's this thing inside of me. I can't control it. It controls me. Uh Um, And and it's about when she gets angry or upset or Mm -hmm. emotional Mm -hmm. and she's able to influence things. I'm interested, like, what do you think is their point of doing that? Like adding that to the story of, that she ends up impacting both physical and uh, objects and people through yeah. her emotions and, and uh, particularly then more slightly a negative emotions. What do you think is going yeah. on there? What, what's the purpose of them setting that up? Yeah. Well, and this is 
this is i think maybe the key to the the whole show is that yeah. i don't think the powers are actually about being powers and i think that's one of the things that's unique about the show and one of the reasons i kind of mm-hmm. liked it is yeah. that it seems to me that the powers that she has are kind of code for mental illness and right. we're, we're talking you know and this this is really a show i think about mental illness and it's in a lot it's of ways kind of, yeah yeah and it's I, I i think her powers uh are code for mental illness mm-hmm. and so I, I i think it we deal with that a lot right because we get sid's dad kills himself because we find out he has the same kind of darkness inside right. him right uh yeah um, and, yes ptsd from the war right but but we assume, some, yeah. and and we we hear that we kind of are left to assume that he has some kind of powers and uh the yeah same kind they, of they definitely suggest that that's there yeah right and so in the and so in the show then you know eventually sydney blows up brad's head uh later <laughs> on right and and so that's why wow. she's covered yeah. in blood, uh, which is quite, right. quite a scene. Which we see but, episode. We open with her covered in blood, and right. then in and in a few every few episodes, we get little flashes of that. Yeah, right. Wondering all along, like, oh, what right. happened? What happened? And, and, and we should say that that uh, he he's an abusive person. Like the he is, yeah, attacks he her and, it, and belittles her, and that's where her emotional reaction causes pain and, and right and so we see like we we see like bullying we see like how depression and stuff can be can uh can mm-hmm. be fostered especially in terms of bullying and stuff like that but the thing that i thought was really interesting right is that in the graphic novel um that's not the way that that ends right, right. The, w- the way that it ends is that sydney uh kills brad with a brain aneurysm so not mm-hmm. an exploding head and then she kills herself. She explodes right. her own head because mm-hmm. she feels so guilty about what she has done. And yeah. so, so I think ultimately the powers are are what uh, what the the writer has used to to talk about mental illness in a way. What do you, am I reading too much into that, Mark? Or am I no, giving too I, much I, to the powers? No, I can, what do you think? I, no, I definitely think that the powers represent some mental illness. I actually think that it's sort of sophisticated writing. I think there's two levels going on here. I think it's both about uh, mental illness and dealing with, particularly, mm-hmm. I think PTSD. But I, I also think that it just that there's this sub level where it's talking about um, rage and and, and mm-hmm. rage based on negative emotions and how we use them and direct them. Um, and I think that, that putting it in a, a, the teen realm is particularly helpful because, um, it's so stripped down at that point where Mm -hmm. I I think part of the message that's being given here is that directing our rage in an, in, in a vengeful and forceful way towards people, um, typically rage, it, it comes from a place of feeling unstable. Yeah. depending on whatever's going on, whatever the emotion, whatever the, you feel in uh, instable, unstable and, and rage starts building up trying because you want stability, you want something better. And then you direct this anger and this negativity and these negative emotions towards other people. And I really feel like part of what the message here is we see over and over again, that when she directs her rage through these superpowers, mm-hmm. which is really just like, high-end uh rage 
like mm-hmm. outward mm-hmm. focused rage. Mm-hmm. It never ends well. Her 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 brother's pet dies. The right. walls of the house crack. Uh, she ultimately ends up killing a person. I think part of the message here it is that 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 there are mental illnesses and, and dealing with how, what the outcome of that is. But I also think there's a basic level of of message here of that when we direct our rage towards people, even though what we are uh, dealing with is instability, we actually create less stability. We we create more mm-hmm. instable um, situations. Um, but somehow we do it anyway. I think that's kind of the mm-hmm. the, the the frustration gets con- constantly addressed is that we do it anyway, even though she had several opportunities to recognize that do, that, that that outward addressing of, uh, of her rage doesn't create a more stable position for less rage. I mean, yeah. am I reading too much into it or? No, I think you're right. I think rage is something ultimately that's, that is illogical, but some, yeah. and I, I think that we can through practices try to control it a little bit better, but, and mm-hmm. sometimes there's never any point to get angry, right? Like if you're, if you're in, <laughs> I mean, to feel rage, there's points to get angry, but maybe not to the point of rage, right? Like if you're in a car and somebody cuts you off and you're furious with that, that you're not going to make any good decisions. You're not going to improve rage. it. Never. Right. It's completely illogical. And so I, I think that uh, you're right at its at its very uh, at its very nature within us. Rage is not something that is helpful. And so maybe like a, a spiritual practice that we can engage in is trying to control rage yeah. the best we can. Yeah, I mean, our rage is very instinctual, and it has to do with mm-hmm. our reptilian reptilian brain in the back part of, uh, of our heads. But I think that we're at a point that we need to recognize that the outcomes are never helpful, particularly. And I think this is one of the larger themes of this show is that particularly when you direct your rage at other people, rage mm-hmm. is real. It's an internal mm-hmm. emotion. It's got to be mm-hmm. expressed. If you hold it in, it's going to crack you. I mean, I think one of the things she says is uh, um, um, about the house. Uh, uh, this is what happens when you live in a shitty house with a shitty foundation. Stuff starts to crack. So you do have that rage and it, and it's shitty and it sucks and it's a bad foundation and you have to express it. The trick is you don't express it at people. Find other ways to express your rage, whatever mm. it be. Some people, it's very creative to an outlet. Some people, you need to go throw, I don't know, bottles at a bridge. You need to do something to let it out. Mm. But yeah. just don't do it at people. Uh, I think that's yeah. part of the point of what we see is that when you do it at people, it doesn't it doesn't make situations better. Listen, uh, we could geek out about how interesting the show is and the subtext of the show and what they're trying to uh, get to, but let's 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 not deal with subtleties. Let's deal with um, some straight up realities of the show and what let's they're do trying it. to talk to. Let's take a quick break and come back with some theopolitico perspectives on I'm not okay with this. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to the moonshine jesus show we're moving into our theopolitico segment and mark i see you chugging away on that on that little uh pinot pinot gris in the, in the flask uh, uh, <laughs> yeah how, i'm not, I'm not happy better? about it 
I'm not happy about it, but I, I, I still, I really do genuinely, I, I really appreciate the show. I hate that it got canceled. And so I do, I, this is not a joke. I really want to honor it. So I'm trying to my best. Uh, yeah, I, that's a great, a great, the honor. show deserves like another season. I hate that we, we're not going to get it. Everyone go get the, the graphic comic. So that, that'll, that's that'll right. help you understand what's going on. So we were just talking about uh, some form of mental illness and and right. emo- and emotionalism, and I think that uh, that I that at its heart, that's what this this show is about. You know, True. one of the things that Sid says early on is, uh, "I try to be normal. I'm just not wired that way. I am just not wired that way." And so I think it has to do it in part with you know uh, her genetics. And I uh, we didn't get to find out why she has superpowers in the show, but. Right. It's it seems like uh, or at least what I assumed through most of the show was that maybe there was some kind of military testing that gave this kind of power Mm. or something. But then at the end, we get set up with there's some kind of uh, Mr. Miyagi uh, figure (laughs) who's going to come and instruct her. So who knows? Maybe, maybe that shadowy figure that's this shadowy figure. Uh, Who knows what that was? Stanley Stanley wanted to be, but he, he wasn't it. Like he, all he, he did was keep wrecking the relationship. <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, I like so Stanley he, a lot, actually. I do too. He's a lot of fun. Probably, probably my favorite character. He's uh, one of the things yeah. that that really made the show come alive. Yeah. I think. But here's here's what I'm wondering about Mark. The guy that um, didn't have any fucks to give. I love that line. <laughs> I, <laughs> he, he he didn't. He like, just like, that's didn't. what she. That's how she described him first. He's a, he's the guy that doesn't have any fucks to give. I kind of like that. No, because she. Okay, his first scene, he's running through the street without any shoes on, <laughs> and, and the best style of anyone in the show, oh, yeah. right? The, Absolutely. These seventies clothes, you gotta like, love them. He's like okay. when when she cheated on him in his mind, he was like. I just need to know, does he dress better than me? And she was like, no one could no. could dress better than you. And he's no like, that's one. fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's all I needed, you know? <laughs> Love so, it. Uh, <laughs> he's a fun guy. Okay, so... So yeah. I think I, I think if if we're talking about like like wiring and uh, and mm-hmm. the the notion that like she doesn't want these powers but she she can't control them what what right. is this what is this show trying to tell us about uh, about mental illness and about how our society deals with mental illness do you have any insight on that that's something I was kind of wondering throughout the show no, like I, I what exactly are question. they trying to tell me. I think it's a great question, and, and part of part of what's going on is for for me at least is it seems like a setup of that the the folks that are struggling and that feel like outsiders and that they're kind of are in some ways showing at least I, I don't I don't know that I even want to go fully to mental illness, but are mm-hmm. dealing with difficult places in life, and that that includes Stanley, who we're just saying that we we both are very kind of like. Uh, appreciative of that character. They are in difficult places in life and are dealing with life that is counter to what society tries to say is right and normal and standard. And what we get are, 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 are kids who are, because of society's insistent insistence of what proper and good life should look like, um, are suffering. Uh, some of it's real PTSD. Some of it's just yeah. that um, I'm having to deal with society telling me my life's not normal, but this is my normal life. Yeah. And I, I feel like the show is trying to express that 
are the expectations of society are hurting far too many people and that mm-hmm. there is no normal if, if anything if you're fitting the normal definition of expectations you're just buying into a, a reality that isn't true like mm. I, I feel like it's trying to say we need to be more respectful of a greater variety of realities in life and support folks um, no, no matter what life looks like, because there is no normal, there is no standard, even though we, it, we, we feel safer when we say X, Y, and Z is the way things should be. And if they're not that way, then something's wrong with you. But the fact is most people X, Y, Z are not the way things are. So if X, Y, and Z is the way it is for you, maybe something's wrong with you. I don't know. Yeah. And the, the two people, the two characters that we get to discover their home lives are uh, Stanley and Sydney. And we Absolutely. do discover exactly that, that their, yeah. their home lives are not uh, what would be described as typical by their peers, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we see that both of them were kind of dealt bad cards that, yeah, that Stanley's got an abusive dad who peaked in high school and can't get over Does, it. Yeah. it and uh, Sydney's mom is dealing with PTSD from the oh death God. of Sydney's dad. And she's struggling, you know, to figure out how to raise them. And there's there's that one scene that stuck out in my mind where Sydney is trying to reach out to her mom. She's trying oh to you know, reach out and love. I know and exactly what you're talking about. You, where they're sitting on the couch, right? And, yep, she's, yep. and Sydney says to her mom, it feels like the people I love don't love me back. And the mom says this oh heartbreaking God. line. Oh my Maybe God. you aim too high, hon. Maybe you right. aim too high. Wanting right. someone to love them, wanting to love her back. And it's, it's one of those moments where it's like, ugh, family systems, man. Right. Uh, and that, they, that was at the, a killer. And that was at the end of the episode. And at the very beginning of the next episode, her mom says to her, You're making me look like a bad mom, and I'm a freaking good mom. <laughs> like it was like they were like if you didn't get what we did at the end of the last episode let me just tell you <laughs> let's just hammer that nail a little deeper like she yeah. literally says to her after she said maybe you were amy too high hun she yeah. says you're making me look like a bad mom and i'm a freaking good mom yeah. holy moly what kind of mind fuck is going on there man i mean how can you be a healthy anything with with yeah. that kind of parental figure hmm. yeah you can't it, and but then at the same time like you also feel sorry for the mom right because the mom has got oh, yeah. two kids and yeah. uh, a husband who has died and it is working 60 hours a week trying Absolutely. to support the the two kids and does just kind of need the kids to to help out along the way as she can and it's i think a kind of a commentary on on how uh how messed up families can be and how uh and it's certainly very complicated that. it's very complicated i mean she can't exactly expect her daughter to respond to her in a positive way which she needs very desperately as a single mom when she says yeah. shit like that to her daughter but at yeah. the same time it's completely understandable with the position she's yeah. in and the stresses that she has in her life and the responsibilities she has on her and that that Sometimes she doesn't always react in the the best, most positive way. And and that's kind of part of my point is that we, we try to make it out like that's not normal. Yeah. And, and and judge people over it. But the fact is it's more, that's more normal 
for the majority of people than yeah. than it isn't. And, and yeah, I feel like that's one of the main underscores of this 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 whole series is that what we claim as normal isn't normal, and if yeah. anything, it creates more pressure for the majority of people that that puts them in situations that creates um i don't know situations where you impact yourself in a more difficult way because you're trying to live into these unreal standards that that shouldn't be standards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i love that mark and i i also think it's worth noting that the 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 point where Sydney and her mom's uh, relationship reconciles a little bit is whenever they're honest with each other and whenever right. they're, they're they actually sit down and do some processing of the mm -hmm. dad's death and uh, yeah. and they they talk about that a little bit they break the silence of what's happening a little bit and uh, yeah. and they actually sit down and they're vulnerable with each other uh, a little bit as well yeah absolutely I, th I think one of the points of the show is that we need to be more real we don't need to live into society's uh, expectations of what's normal and instead uh, what's normal is what's real and we need to be yeah. like frank about that we have to need to have those discussions with each other and we will have better relationships we'll have better lives if we just do that instead of just absent-mindedly buying into society's expectations I mean, yeah, and I, I think it, another another place where we see that, of course, is with Sydney's sexuality and uh, and oh, thinking absolutely. about that. And so, one of the things that I've been impressed with uh, more shows doing is showing uh, kids who are coming to terms with uh, sexual orientation, gender identity kind of issues uh, mm -hmm. in in shows and and how they they've dealt with that. I mean, we've we've talked about this in terms of like Stranger Things and some of the other yep. shows that we've watched over the last few sure. months. How do you think? How do you think this show did with that, Mark? Uh, looking at some gender identity and sexual orientation kind of issues. I, I, I really liked how they handled it, actually. And I don't always like the way that a show handles this kind of thing, uh, particularly since it was in the teen years that they were dealing with it as a person's trying to figure out their identity. I love that Sydney was dealing with several levels of identity issues and that mm -hmm. sexuality happened to be one of them. Um, and I, I felt like it was very, they handled it in a very sensitive way, like yeah. uh, not knowing, um, in society, what's acceptable and not, what, what yeah. isn't, but also wanting to be true to your emotions. And, um, when she expresses it to uh, another person and it's, uh, not a person who's, ex who's in the same uh, perspective in terms of sexuality as she is and I, I felt like it was handled really well in, in terms of it which it wasn't an anger and attacking and aggressive yeah. it was like no it's okay and we're trying to figure it out and then they tried yeah. to have discussions about it I, I, I felt like yeah. that was so healthy um, yeah and we don't always see it that way and a lot of a lot of times uh, if it's not a straight um, gen uh, and straight sexuality kind of expression uh, of of your um, love, it, it, it is frequently looked at as negative and it is shot down and, and uh, yeah. looked down upon. But I felt like this one was very much about understanding and recognizing how difficult that is in the way that, again, in the way that society's expectations are about sexuality. And it, it felt like a very understanding approach to it. I mean, the, yeah. Did you see I, I really, it that way? Or? I, I really liked it too. And I think one of the things I liked about it was we got to see Sydney kind of 
come to terms with this. We got to kind of ride, right. kind of go through it with her. Like, I right. should like Stanley. I, I like he. I right. like There's him. No, what's wrong with Stanley? Right. What? Yeah. Why? Why do I not like? Oh, because I like Dina, and like so we get to we get to kind of go through that process yeah. with her, and kind of with Dina too, as she's like, well, why did you kiss me? Why are you doing that? And then like. Well, wait, did I like that? So we get to we get to see one some of the the struggle the struggle of coming to terms with sexual mm-hmm. orientation kind of things and the 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 thing uh, the, the like the possibility of a spectrum, right? Of like right. well, it, it, like perhaps Dina's not lesbian, maybe she's closer to the bisexual side of the spectrum exactly. or, or something like that. So it it deals with a little bit more nuance than we often get right. uh, of some agree. sexual orientation. The only, the only complaint I have is that yeah. they cancel the show and we don't get to deal with the nuance of that. We don't get to see it played out as they they understand. I mean, maybe particularly Dina, because yeah. I think Sydney has already started to recognize who she is as a person and what right. her sexual attractions actually are. And I feel like yeah. Dina is just beginning to enter into that, which is one of the beautiful things about this is that it shows that there are stages in understanding who we are mm-hmm. as a person, including who we are sexually. And in a lot of ways, canceling it before Dana figures that out is a disservice to the story that's trying to be told. It's not fair. I want to know. And I know. But know? here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're not going to know. Yeah. It was canceled and there's nothing we can do about it. So that's true. All we can do at this point is say that we love the show, that it introduces a lot of very interesting issues that we all need to be dealing with in a better way. And they seem to be in a very subtle way trying to explain how we might do that. Um, But at this point, it it is done. We're not going to see more. I encourage people to to pick up the graphic novels. Uh, But at this point, we need to pivot and go into our segment where uh, we either successfully or unsuccessfully try to make each other look stupid with questions that are answerable, but we may not know the answer to. So uh, hang with us as we enter into Make Me Look Stupid. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are in our Make Me Look Stupid uh, segment of the show. So uh, I don't know that I'm going to make you look stupid here, but it is a question that I'm very curious about your answer to. So one of the things that Sydney says in the show, uh, it's a scene that I actually like a lot. I don't don't know how much it it progresses the storyline, but it's between her and her brother, um, Liam, they go to the convenience store one of the nights that mom's not there and they're providing dinner and all. And she says about life, it's like a lottery, I guess. Some kids win big time the moment that they are born. The rest of us, we're all stuck with scratch-offs and bottle caps and shit. <laughs> I love that line in general. But uh, my question, like one of the things, like the second time, I watched this twice, the second time that yeah. I watch it, immediately the question popped into my head why are we all okay with that with that some are born into uh, uh, uh 
some kids win big in the moment. So why are the big time winners so morally indifferent about the rest of society? That's my question to you. Like, I feel I like this is a big setup. It, it, it is. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. So like, I think that, uh, you know, the, the people who have a lot are okay with having a lot because they want to retain a lot. They want the money and the power. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, one of the reasons that, that we don't do a lot about it is what, what's that quote in, uh, you know, about people in the United States that we don't see ourselves as poor, but as temporarily embarrassed millionaires, you know, <laughs> right. like, uh, like yep. we've been force fed this, this lie that yeah. anything is possible uh, right. so much to the extent that we believe that we really can overcome anything, even mm. if the system is continually against us. And I think the system mm. is continually against a lot of people. The system perpetuates uh, a lot of injustice towards people who are already living in poverty to the point that it becomes almost impossible sometimes to mm. get yourself out of poverty, especially if you're, if you've got other marginalizing characteristics, right? So let's say if you're yeah. uh, a yeah. person of color, uh, or if, or God forbid, a queer person of color, right? Then it's then sure. think about all 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 the different things that uh, that get in the way of uh, working working our way out of poverty because uh, because the system is, is against us. And so I, I think that yeah. uh, that line resonated with me for that reason too because it's true, right? You you don't control to whom you're born or where you're born, you just are. And uh, maybe yeah. there, there is a certain amount that we can do uh, to to try and improve life for ourselves and others. But mm -hmm. at uh, another point, we we are who we are. We're born where we're born. And some people are, are born with a lot and some people are born with a little. What did, yeah. what did you think about it, Mark? Um, I mean, for me, for me, it pointed to the fact that we do a really poor job at educating uh, society about morals. Like mm. the fact that there are people who are very comfortable with the fact that I was just born into this luxury and that other people are suffering all the time uh, is just, a, hey, it's just what it is. It's how life is, deal with it. Mm. It, it. For me, it just points to how bad we are as a society of educating each other into um, the, the, the value of life. Uh, how connected we are and how if we allow other people to suffer uh, we ultimately are suffering like that that i feel like it's one of the points of this show is that hmm. what society says is right is frequently completely messed up and that we need to reassess who we are and need to do a better job at educating them of what is normal and what isn't normal and the fact that some people just because of how they're born get to succeed massively when other folks are working hard because of where they're born and, and don't. And that the folks that are succeeding massively because of their award really are somewhat indifferent. And it's like, I'm sorry, I, I was fortunate enough to be born this way. I feel like it's a, it's a, it is a judgment on society's uh, ability to teach morals. And I, I am, I'm at somewhat at a loss for how we do better. I know churches are failing yeah. very massively in, in, mm -hmm. in that. Um, mm -hmm. And that even, even in our just basic school systems, we don't put enough attention on, on those kind of values. So that's where I stand with it. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're a hundred percent right. And especially the indictment of the churches, right? The, the mm -hmm. gospel isn't silent about this. this no, is not in any way. <laughs> that Jesus talked about, right, was uh, a yeah. world where no one has 
too much and no one has too little. And so I think that whenever we're talking about like Jesus's vision for the future, that that's one of the primary things that he was talking about. And yet Christian churches so often just serve prosperity as gospel. And... Oh yeah. And I mean, I think most churches just serve as like a, a chaplain to the status quo, not to, yep. not to mention the bastardization of the gospel that we find in things Absolutely. like the prosperity gospel, where you get yep. equipped like God wants you to be rich. If you're rich, it's because God has mm -hmm. ordained it and God is supporting yep. that. That that is terrible. That's terrible theology. It's yep. bad theology to be a chaplain to the status quo. It's terrible theology to preach the prosperity gospel. It's, it, it, uh, absolutely -gospel. it absolutely is. Absolutely is. And, and yep. yeah. So, yeah, that's where I think part of the point of this show is, is that that the morals that society tries to push on people hurts everybody, but particularly teenagers. It's just, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. So I, I've got a question for you, Mark. All and right, I'll do my this, best. This is, okay, this is from another scene that I'm not sure advances the plot, but was a, a right, fun scene. Fair enough. And so... It's from the scene where uh, where they're they're getting high down in the basement, yeah. right. <laughs> and so they have they have a a question for each other. What that, I'm just that, curious. Why I, did you pick the scene where they're getting high to ask me the question? I uh, I, I don't uh, know, Mark. You no, know, it's probably, I'll let it's you. Probably I'll let you read between the lines. Here. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. Yeah. Uh, they say. Would you rather be an eagle or a jellyfish? And that's right. what I want to know, Mark. Would you rather be an eagle or a jellyfish? Uh, oh, I, for me, I, I, not for the same reasons that uh, that that Stanley answered, but definitely a jellyfish. I mean, a jellyfish. I, I, okay. Oh, absolutely. For me, uh, you know, just by nature, an eagle is an aggressive, aggressive animal. Like yeah. to survive, it attacks from the sky. It's, yeah. it, it's and a jellyfish just kind of exists. It goes about its being. It, it, it you know it takes in its surroundings for nourishment. It isn't aggressive in any way. So for me, this is a simple question. Not not yeah. not the complex answer that Stanley gave about humans being such a percentage of water, and at the end of the yeah, world, yeah, yeah. cockroaches won't be the thing. It'll be a water world, and uh, not for his yeah. answers. I. Which yeah, was yeah, yeah. entertaining and maybe would have been the answer if you'd have warned me and I've gotten high when we were having this discussion. <laughs> maybe that would have been my answer. I'm not sure. But in my somewhat sober, sober state, so clearly not completely sober, <laughs> uh, in my somewhat sober state, I would have to answer the jellyfish just because it's, it's a much less aggressive life form and tends to just take in its environment and respond to it in a non-aggressive way. How about you? Uh, I like are that. you going to, so, are you going to say Eagle now? <laughs> of course I am. So, you know, and so I love your, uh, I love your, your, your pacifistic and, uh, um, and very theologically sound. Uh, just, I just want to fly, man. You can't turn down the flying part. man. Yeah. You know, you can go wherever you want. Yeah. Okay, you it may have to be a hunter, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I want to, given those two choices, I don't want to just exist in the ocean. I want to fly. So uh, it, that's not theological at all, right? Uh, hey, but that's but, what I but want. But who doesn't want to fly? That's a pretty good answer. As who far doesn't as want to fly? I mean, you know, that's that's that as is, close as I could get. Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, 
Uh, we could go on and on, but it's been a, gr- a great show. I've really enjoyed the discussion. Uh, yeah. Caleb, next week, w- we need to mm-hmm. cover another show. Oh, it just what happens. should we talk about? Well, I- I'm going to suggest that we talk about a movie that's coming out, and I think that's going to be uh, available on demand. It's called okay. Guardians of Time. Quick quick mm-hmm. description of it. Guardian of Time presents a classic fairy tale for kids who find out who find a magical world hiding in their house and end up in lost in this new magical world that's hiding in their house. And together they have to find their way back. Like it has some (laughs) overtones of Narnia, which is part of why I think it could be interesting. I really think like maybe, maybe there's some comparisons to be made. I haven't seen it yet. So who knows? Uh, And ultimately they have to find their way back to home and, and maybe find out more about themselves along the way. And so self-discovery and a comparison about Narnia, I feel like this is something that could be a really good show for us. That's that's a great point, Mark. And so if you're if you're watching, remember that we we do this live at yes. um one thirty Pacific on Mondays. So that's what four thirty Eastern on, 430 on Mondays. Eastern. Yeah. If you want to so uh, it, and the show away. releases tomorrow. So uh, in terms of of uh the, the one we're going to be covering guardians of time. So you, you have plenty of time to catch it. We'll be yep. watching live. Uh, and, and who knows, we, we have nothing, we have no I, idea of what the show will be or won't be, but I think it, it, it at least sets itself up to be a really good discussion. So, yep. uh, sounds good. Caleb, let's do it. Cheers to you, sir. Thanks for a cheers. great show. And we will catch you all the next time on the moonshine Jesus show. Moonshine Jesus.